Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at SteelyDNFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And Clay and Cobb have gone. What was me? I'm going to get into that. I think we should probably talk news um, before I dive into it. Um, and I think people, an awful lot of people are upset out there. I think people are upset and kind of shocked in a way. And I think if you follow the salary cap or listen to this podcast um, or follow some of the lads on Twitter, you probably shouldn't be shocked uh, that that was happening. Now, I've sat through, which was painful, uh, the Clay Matthews press conference and also the one-on-one with Randall Cobb. Um, and yeah, it's weird seeing them in other jerseys and stuff like that. But Jesus, lads, this was a long time coming. I get into the stats, the career stats, how we saw them uh, you know, last year. And all the rest and kind of what all that means. Um, and I'll also probably take the piss quite a bit. But writing was on the wall for at least five years. Um, no disrespect to the fellas because um, they were an absolute, I don't know, real Packer people, I guess. And they did everything for the organization and they truly loved it. And I've got I've got some beef, uh, but not too much beef uh, when, I, when I'll talk about it later. But let's get into some... Actually, do you know what? Before we even get into the news, it's time for Packers Limerick. Now, Andy Monday sent sent this in Andy Monday. So thanks, Andy. You can thanks. Uh, you can send in your limericks to me and take the pressure off. Because now that I have Andy Monday's limerick, it it allows me to do something else creative. Uh, you know, in a rhyming fashion later on in the podcast, uh, which is all I'll find out. But anyway, um, let me crank off the Irish music. So Andy Monday Facebook. Thanks for this. Right, here we go. Sad farewells we fans load to handle. Up to these two, few hold a candle. Line roaring and Torsak leader. The other, a Chicago Bears defeater. Such memories from Clay and Randall. Great one, Andy. Love it, absolutely love it. So let's go through some of the news that we saw and then I'll sort of, you know, get into the meat and bones of the podcast, which is to, you know, kind of devote a podcast to Clay and Cobb, which I think is only right after the service that they gave uh, the Packers and of course I wish them well as they go on and again I hate what people say because I don't listen to the podcast so who cares uh, anyway news Geronimo Allison there was an awful lot of uh, stuff going around about like had he or hadn't he signed it was like a, you know anyone seen that thing Crystal Maze where Richard O'Brien uh, a man after me on heart used to run around the Crystal Maze you know it was like a mystery to everybody why he hadn't signed yet so we'd heard that he was signing and eventually he put pen to paper there was ruminations for the podcast that he couldn't find a pen but he seemed to found his way to the Packer Pro Shop and found one so he signs a 2.8 million deal uh, with a 750 grand sign and bonus base salary of 1.45 and up to 500 grand in per game roster bonuses and he gets a hundred grand for working out. I've never received one hundred thousand dollars for working out, so that's great. It, look, such low money, especially for a guy that's seen as kind of wide receiver number two. Now, I know that's massively disputed, you know, with the MVSs and the ESPs, whenever other acronyms are flying around now. Um, but he's kind of seen as the de facto number two solely because Aaron Rodgers calls him GMO. I mean, once you get it, what is it with lads and doing that? By the way, that really annoys me, and I do it too. <laughs> And it annoys me too. You put an O at the end of someone's name and all of a sudden they're a best mate. You know, like I hear um, 
that Thompson fella for used to play for Liverpool back in 19 diggity splat. Uh, I hear him on doing coverage for Liverpool. All right. And they call him Tomo. And, if, you know, and Drico for Brian O'Driscoll. Any player that you put an O to suddenly gets very pally, pally, pally. And it's certainly here in Ireland anyway. Anytime the, you know, ex-rugby heads get on a radio show, everything's Tomo and Drico and Rhino and all that. Now, I know I used to call Ryan Rhino, but anyway, we'll get on. Kentrell Bryce, famous for folding people in half on a football field for the Packers and taking poor angles and giving up touchdowns. He has gone to the books for a one-year, $987,500 deal, which is hard to say, and 11, nearly 12 grand in get like for each game that he plays that he makes a roster like what a fall from grace it's the same as haha clinton Dix, who's after signing a one-year three million deal with the bears so the bears right i wouldn't wish that on anybody so commiserations of haha clinton Dix. but again a massive fall from grace here's a guy you know who had at all to play for uh all ahead of him was our number one safety um and then I don't know, it all just fell apart. And then we saw him being given the kind of, you know, the defensive captaincy role at one stage. And there was talk that he couldn't handle it. And then off to Washington, he went mid-season. And now he's with the Bears on a one-year prove-it deal. You know, and if you look at the money that he's getting, 3 million quid and, you know, 500 grand sign-up bonus, 500 grand guaranteed uh, with the average salary of 3 million. It's just a bit nuts to see that that's what he's on when he should be one of the top safeties. It's a weird year for safeties. It's a weird two years, really, because we saw the Honey Badger not get paid. And then Haha Clinton Dix hit the market. And now he's getting paid so little money. It's just a really odd one. But, um, yeah, some strange stuff coming from him, too, I guess. Like, there was some cryptic tweets that came out. Um, and, again, the only thing that we see online about him is that people thanking him because he was great in the community. Um, and power to him. But again, I think it's after he didn't tackle Andrew Luck about seven years ago. I just couldn't get over it. And yes, I know he hasn't been playing with the NFL for that. Anyway, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb. Jesus, I'm firing into this podcast. What are we at? Nearly seven minutes. Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb. So Clay's gone to the Rams on a two-year deal. Uh, 5.5 million guaranteed. Average base salary, 4.6 million. Which makes up to 9.25 million. That was kind of a foregone conclusion. We'd said it on the podcast. I think Andy said it ages ago. Um, and then, you know, there was more ruminations. Why not? It's the word of the podcast. Since then, about him going. So it was kind of a no-brainer. He's from the area. He lives 20 minutes away. He's building a house there. Um, and it doesn't, you know, snow in July. So off he goes. Randall Cobb, a one-year prove-it deal. Five million contract with the cowboys uh two million sign and bonus two million guaranteed you know base salary of five million yeah and another sad one to see him go you know we but again this was known he was uh weeping on the field with aaron Rodgers. that famous picture uh that picture was around a lot so power to uh randall and clay but if we delve into stats and i'm not going to go into into it too much and just bore everybody um but it wasn't too much of a surprise. In fact, the biggest surprise of these two boys leaving, which again was a foregone conclusion, and probably in their own heads they knew, and you know they're dealing. Now I'm not talking about they knew recently, they knew ages ago more than likely. Um, but the way they announced it, I found was a bit odd. Like usually you see, and it's always a bit cringe when there's always these like swoony, you know, 
thanks very much and all that kind of stuff. Um, because we know it's a business, they know it's a business. They, you know, they can be traded like um, commodities to a different team, and, and that's just it for them. And I understand that, you know. Um, and so when they leave this stuff, but yeah, as a fan, like you'd expect more, like oh, listen, guys, you know, and something, some type of thing. Even if you know it's the same generic, like you know, you're the best, and then they go on to wherever they're going, and then they say the same crap to them in about two years, right? Um, but again, like they, these guys were shared so many fantastic moments in green bay and when randall got signed by the cowboys he the only thing that i saw on his twitter was him putting out a tweet of woody from toy story flicking his hat and all the rest and no statement thereafter and then after that it's a retweet of this overtime thing showing him working out um and then he's signing with the cowboys and all the rest no real sort of you know here's something that i wrote in my notes screenshot i'm putting it out to people so i thought that was a bit odd um, and similarly, Clay Matthews as well. I mean, there was no swoony, you know, sorry lads, I've been with you for ages. You know, I'm the all-time leading sack leader. None of that. It was just hashtag new profile pick and it was him wearing a Rams uniform. Now, I'm not beefing with the lads and I don't really care, but I just found it a little bit odd after so long. And I'm not particularly laying the blame at the players because I understand it's a business. Um... And I think it was telling if we can move forward to Clay's Rams press conference when he says, you know, when the chance, what, what was these exact words? The chance of returning to Green Bay had passed. So I think he probably said to his agent, yeah, you know, find out what's going on or what I can get or, you know, how they're going to reduce it or whatever. And the way he phrased it was kind of like it was just it wasn't even on the table. It was a no-go. Now, anybody could have told you that. But maybe that's the reason why it was not the, the sort of, you know, the kind of coldness of, you know, just him wearing a uniform and all the rest. He was probably over it at that stage. And I suppose you can't really blame him. So I'm not beefing at the claymaker as such. But I just found it a bit odd because usually you have PR people. This is a guy who, when we went to Green Bay and we'd stay in the hotel that the players stay in. There's a certain number of players that get ushered in by the swimming pool, you know, and this is one of them. So he's a top name player. Uh, his agents have agents. And, you know, you think that one of them would scare up a statement to bang out on Twitter. But it all kind of just fell away in the end, which I found out. Um, but yeah, his press conference. So another really odd part about it was is that because this is what i expected right so i saw that and then i was like okay well i'd be very interested to see what they say then uh, in their press conferences because it's probably going to be a reporter baiting them like why the rams and they go well i've always dreamt about being a ram you know or a cowboy but that's not really how it went down and i was glad the way kind of the lads handle themselves in the thing it made me think that i mattered a bit you know because mcveigh said and this was telling as well, to get a player of, and he stopped short of the caliber of Clay Matthews, right? Which he'd be okay saying. I mean, Jesus, the guy is the top leading, you know, sack leader. He led the team in quarterback pressures and and hits last year. Even he had a down year, but he was still, you know, getting busy. Um, now, that's probably an indictment of what the defense was like as opposed to his play. But anyway, he could have said that and, and that would have been okay. This is a guy... Uh, who even when he had down years was you know way up there in the Pro Bowl standings um, because I think his past performances carried an awful lot of weight if I'm honest and I'm not only saying that because he's gone because if you're a regular listener to the podcast you know how I felt about the play of Clay Matthews 
Uh, again, not getting personal with it, and I wouldn't be able to play in the NFL, but I could still have an opinion. I think his, his play fell off, and I think he admits that, because in this press conference, after McVeigh backs out of saying the caliber of, and then starts talking about how Clay's, you know, fantastic and he's versatile and all the rest, the minute you hear versatile means that you're going to be a bit par player in my opinion, or you're going to be used in an unconventional way. Like we saw Julius Peppers, he wasn't brought in at the end of his career to be an every-down player. He was brought in to be a bit part player, to have an impact. Um, now, I do think Clay Matthews is going to have an impact with the Rams because of a, they don't need him. You know, their defense is super high caliber, and they'll bring him in, and they'll disguise it and dress it up in some way, um, and he'll and he'll do well. But what I liked about Clay's press conference was is he was pretty frank when he said that the chance of returning to Green Bay passed. So he was kind of putting it out there to say everyone was clamoring for me and I decided to come to the Rams. He was like, no. And he sort of, according to him, it's like he's, the way it sounded was he asked his agent to pursue the Rams and see if it was mutual. And he found out that it was. Um, so I respect him as well because he got baited by a typical uh, a beat writer question of so the rams did you always dream and when you played here in the coliseum i mean was it did you come out and sort of, basically did you come out in the coliseum and sense the magic you know i mean what type of dude like i understand when players do that when they go oh yes like robbie Keane, who used to play for ireland and um, every career that he was a footballer every football club that he ended up in it was always his boyhood dream to play for that club and it became kind of a piss take in ireland because when we saw him move to a different club, we're like, God, I can't wait for the press conference. And people would list all of the different clubs that he had a boyhood dream to play for. Even when he went to LA Galaxy, <laughs> it was like a boyhood dream. Now, I don't know much about the American Football League. Um, I know not, one thing I do know, it's not called that. But um, I don't know how, like a young lad in Dublin growing up, and I love um, Robbie Keane, and he was fantastic for Ireland, but I honestly don't think he was kicking a ball around on the streets of Dublin thinking about playing for LA Galaxy one day but power to him anyway so he got baited into this like oh did you come out and smell the magic and he was kind of like well no and then he kind of starts to smack talk the Rams in front of Sean McVeigh saying well we should have won that game and McVeigh was like well you didn't and they're having a bit of banter right but I like that that he was still kind of frank about it and then they asked him about you know look he's from LA so was he a Rams fan and did he watch the game during the Coliseum? Now, if that was anybody, me, you know, I'd be like, oh, yes, I remember the Coliseum. It was fantastic times. But he said, no, he doesn't remember it. And who was he a fan of growing up? He didn't even say uh, the Rams or, or whatever. He was just like, well, my dad played football and my uncle played football. And I kind of just, you know, was fans of Tennessee and the Cleveland Browns. And then I was a Packers fan. And now I'm a Rams fan. <laughs> so I was like, all right, power to you. Um... A bit more fanfare around Clay than there was about Randall Cobb. He went to the Cowboys. Uh, one year prove it deal. I see all of this stuff being quoted like he'd, you know, injury issues, which I like I guess is true. Some of them he valiantly played through. Um they'd had a need for a slot receiver, which is why they brought him in. And he missed seven games last year with a concussion and hamstring injury. So he's coming off a pretty disappointing year. But again, I really like him because um to see the devastation from all the players when he left. Uh, the fans to to be upset when he left as well but what, I feel kind of bad for the guy because last year when Nelson left people were it's kind of one of those grieving process things of like why him and not me you know people were kind of volunteering Cobb to the to be you know to the sacrificial altar and like take him instead of Nelson 
which was kind of doing the guy a disservice. And then he comes out and has a pretty bad year. Um, last year between injuries and everything else. I mean, he was on pace for doing pretty well. And I ambled on to cowboys.com um, and looked up some of the stuff. And there was a lovely quote there from Michael Irvin where he said that uh, a guy would rather take a pay cut somewhere else than take it in his own locker room. So maybe Cobb was offered something but decided, nah. Um, and I think the writing was on the wall as well. I mean, we'll, we'll just run through the stats. I'm not going to get too number heavy, but if you run through the stats a little bit later, you can see that his production really came very early in his career and he started to drop off um, later on with, you know, Devontae doing well. Really what happened was is Aaron Rodgers got injured, but Cobb and Nelson became the casualties. You know, he got injured and then they had to kind of prove it. Nelson went down and Cobb was expected to step up um, and he didn't. And then Aaron Rodgers gets injured. And then Devontae Adams is able to still produce with Brett Hundley. But Cobb and Nelson aren't. And then you can obviously see that they lost a step. People used to just do press man on us. And then we just got slapped about the place all the time. Um, but I think the, big, the biggest casualty of all is everybody's wardrobe. I mean, you know, I, we put out a tweet from the group account earlier in the week. Just saying, you know, hands up if 90% of your wardrobe in jerseys is now being made obsolete. Um, not in so many words. It was kind of, you know, catchy. And, you know, there was an awful lot of hands raised and it kind of, it went off on Instagram and Twitter. I think everyone's feeling the pain between Nelson last year, Cobb and Clay this year. Because if you go into the even the Packers Pro Shop or any, like the NFL Europe Shop and all the rest, the only jerseys that you could always get were Club, Club Jesus, Clay, <laughs> Cobb, Rogers, Nelson. Uh, Eddie Lacy was one of them. I fell victim to that for Christ's sake. Who would have known that my old Reebok number 12 would outlive Cobb and Clay. Um, and it was pretty shocking. So because Andy Monday has taken the Limerick for this week, I decided to do another piss take rap. So here's a rap from the perspective of a disgruntled fan. Well, not a disgruntled fan, but just telling Goody how he feels. It's ridiculous. What is this free agency business? All of the jerseys that I got for Christmas just went up in flames. Randall and Clay, now what jersey will I wear to the games? Brian Gutekunst is a wardrobe killer. Doing more deals than a Chevrolet dealer. Sticking up, tell it, yeah, bro, I feel it. Got some fans with So yeah, there it is. The rap nobody asked for. You would not believe how long they take to do. Uh, so this podcast has mostly been just that. And some stats about Cobbs and Clay. The Cobbs and the Clays. Um, so yeah, let's just talk about... I, look, I understand why people are upset. It's kind of seen as the end of an era. And there were so many tweets flying around about how many players are left over from 2010, how many players are left over from the 2015 draft for some reason. And, you know, everyone's kind of delving into how many players are left. And these are two of the most reliable. And as I said, I think if you've sort of... If you're swanning around the stadium wearing them on your back... Um, it's an awful lot easier to get attached and sort of think, you know, oh, here it is. It's the end of an era and all the rest. But uh, as I said, the, like, I mean, most of their production was earlier on in their careers. And it's startling. You just have to look at kind of a, you know, a, a career overview of these players to see how they declined. So Clay 2009 started off... Well, I read out them all. You know, when they do the football scores or they're reading out the weather, you know, and they go like 14 knots. Uh, so 2009, 51 tackles. 
and he comes away with 10 sacks. I think the trend with Clay is if you look at the sack numbers, you know, they hit a high in 2010 and then again in 2012, he's half a sack off that and then you have to get to 2014 till he gets double digit sacks and then it's just not a not a decline because 2017 he comes away with seven and a half and arguably in 2018 he should have come away with a lot more but as he said in his press conference the refs weren't very nice to him and that is true but what you will see is is you know he has 10 13 and a half and then another 13 three of his first four years and then last year three and a half sacks and 49 combined tackles um now, there's a, there's a lot being said last year, and we can kind of run through some of his stuff last year, that it wasn't all as bad, um, according to sort of, they do this end-of-year uh, cheat sheet, which um, lists out their career stuff, and also what they did last year. He led the team in quarterback pressures and quarterback hits last year. He is the all-time leading sack leader with 83.5 career sacks when he passed out KGB. That's no mean feat. Um... And he's missing games and still coming away with sacks and still coming away with, you know, they, they put him on this sort of list of that he, he's up there and in tackles made despite losing from injuries and all the rest. But that's exactly the point. The guy would get injured a lot and then wasn't very effective. And in fact, if you look at where they were playing him, it's a real mouthful because they have him like, you know, inside, outside, inside, outside. And he says in his own press conference, that at the start of his career, he played outside. And then in the middle of his career, he played inside. So he clearly sees this as the end of his career. And I might go, okay, Captain Obvious, like look at his age. Um, so yeah, of course, this is the end of his career. But like they ask him in the press conference, I mean, like any sports journal would, look at your previous production and how you did and tell us that you're going to be able to hit form again. It's the same questions we had of Mo Wilkerson when he was coming back. So when you looked at his production on defense, you found that you know there was disciplinary issues. He wasn't producing. He had a massive monster contract, and that was all gone. Um, you know he had to find a new team. So that's the same as play really i mean the, the thing you're going to ask him is, is can you reach that production again and he said yes and he said not to make excuses but there was change last year and that didn't really work out for me so he's conceding in a bad year and he's also saying that he's going to come back to form but i'm not convinced but the way that sean mcveigh and everybody else was talking about him it was more so he's a versatile player we're going to use him and disguise him and use him interestingly and all this type of stuff and of course that that's true i think the you know, and I've been saying this on the podcast maybe two or three years ago. The, the the days of Clay Matthews being that difference maker, I believe, is gone. Now, this is going to be a soundbite when he breaks out next year and has a dumper load of sacks. But I think if you don't treat him as the kind of the keystone of your defense, which is what all the talk was about last year, and Rob Domofsky wrote an article about, you know, potentially building a defense around Clay Matthews. When you get away from all of that and you can just use him willy-nilly uh, where you want well then you might do okay this is a guy he's a pro bowler uh still bringing the quarterback pressures he can be a disruptive force but then if you look at last year i mean when it comes to total tackles he's way down there blake martinez is ahead of everybody else by double digits and by the way is hating on blake martinez a thing because it's starting to become a thing on twitter of like people saying 
oh, here's Blake Martinez's stats. I know most Packer fans don't like it. It's like, oh, really? Is that a thing? He's led the team in tackles for forever. Now, I did see this thing of just because he leads the lead in tackles doesn't mean that he's a good player. But he has 147 tackles last year. 103 of those solo. The next two of that was Jair Alexander with 76. Are we hating on Blake Martinez? If you are, hating on Blake Martinez on Twitter, go to settings, click the icon, go down the bottom and deactivate your account. I mean, or tell me why you're hating on Blake Martinez. I don't understand. So this is the ranking. Blake Martinez, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Tremont Williams, Kentrell Bryce, Josh Jones, Josh Jackson, Dean Lowry, Kyler Fackrell, who was a standout, Reggie Gilbert, Antonio Morrison, and then Clay Matthews. So that's a bit nuts. When you've Kyler Fackrell ripping off 10.5 sacks last year and Clay Matthews can only get 3.5. Uh, yeah, there's something wrong. Kenny Clark, six sacks. Blake Martinez, five sacks. And Clay comes away with three and a half. So look, it was a long goodbye for Clay. And I, I think that he handled himself fantastically when he was in Green Bay. He was a superstar. He was a disruptive force. But as his career progressed, that all went downhill. And it is definitely time for a change. And that's exactly what Brian Gulekunz is after doing. Um, so RIP to the jersey it's not as even if he's retired and you can wear it like a hipster at games he's just gone to a different team now let's talk about Randall Cobb this is not a cut and dry for me um, I think the injury concerns are something but it as look it's cut and dry in the sense that we've so many wide receivers on the roster at this stage that he really didn't stand a chance to stay and um, the fan base were kind of over us last year for whatever reason when Nelson left and again all of these notions about bringing Nelson back um I believe in my humble opinion is living in the past I mean the guy couldn't get separation for the Packers in his final years now, albeit he was without um Aaron Rodgers and all of this stuff of bringing him back and you know for another year where do you fit him in it's about development we need to look ahead to the future I don't think we should be bringing back uh wide receivers it didn't work out for him with the Raiders and it stands to question you know where he's gonna end up or if, if even if he will end up anywhere I'm sure he will um a great teammate constant professional and I really love the guy I've got a signed picture of him actually in the podcast studio here uh not that that counts or anything I was just like a balls thrown in the end I was actually gonna sign picture here <laughs> at the office Jesus but Randall Cobb uh one of only five players in franchise history to have 60 plus receptions in four consecutive seasons so from 2014 to 2017 he had over 60 receptions in those seasons but again if you look earlier in his career he was absolutely ripping it up um so last year again injured for for seven games with hamstring and concussions and all the rest um and for receptions in their first five seasons He's fourth on that list, only behind Sterling Sharp, who's number one, Devontae Adams, who's unbelievable, Greg Jennings, and Dennis Randall Cobb. Again, a pro bowler. But then you look at last year, I mean, you know, in he scored two touchdowns, hauled in two touchdowns. So on point scoring, it goes Mason Crosby, of course, Devontae Adams, then Aaron Jones, then Jamal Williams, then Aaron Rodgers himself then Geronimo Allison, and then Randall Cobb in there with Jimmy Graham and MVS. 
So he didn't really stand out and didn't really live up to that moniker of being the slot guy. Kind of the same as Jimmy Graham didn't really. Um, number of receptions in the year, 38 yards, 383 with a 10 average. So look, over his career, 470 receptions for over 5,000 yards. And an awful lot of those came affectionately so with dagger plays. We saw the dagger play. And then we also saw in game one last year where he went for 75 yards in the game-winning touchdown. It was the surest hands ever and very reliable and someone that Aaron Rodgers really trusted. And it goes to show Aaron Rodgers' reaction on Instagram when Cobb left. You know, just what Cobb meant to him. And apparently McCarthy and Rodgers were always pulling for Cobb and knew that if he got the ball in Cobb's hands, magic could happen. Um which was right most of the time. But then if you look at the you know regular season reception leaders, he only leads that once, and that's in that week one game. He's 142 yards. After that, it's Adams, 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 the whole way down. MVS you know, gets one game, then there's two tied for it, and then there's five tied in the last game of the season. But all of the other games, Devontae Adams is the leader in receptions and pretty much the, the rece- uh, leader in receiving yards as well. So in that regard, I mean, you know, where do you slot Randall Cobb in? Now, I know you say you've just answered the question in the slot, but we've got so many fast, speedy, tall players now at wide receiver that he's, he wasn't really needed. He was surplus to requirement, unfortunately. Um, But, like, really prolific earlier in his career. I mean, look at his kick returns. In 2011, he had 941 yards just on kick returns. He did 27.7 yard average, which is just bonkers. Um, 2012, 964 yards just from kick returns, which is crazy. Punt returns were similarly good. Now, again, as, as he went on later in his career, he was, wasn't utilized at that position because we needed him too much at the wide receiver position to really do that. But yeah, just um, bonkers numbers earlier in his career. But as he got later... Um, it did start to dwindle. Now, that's that circumstance. I mean, like I said before, Aaron Rodgers gets injured. Um, Jordy Nelson gets injured and, you know, he gets more attention. It really didn't work out for him. He was never going to be the outside guy who's going to be sort of lighting it up. Is The highlight of his career was 2014. You know, 1,287 yards, uh, 14.1 average. The season before that, he had 433 receiving and the season after, 829 and then it just declines to 610, 653, and then to a measly 383 last year. So how much do you pay a guy with that production? You don't. And he's gone. So, Brian Gutekunst, wardrobe killer. Cheers, buddy. Cheers for that. We're all going to have to get ourselves new jerseys. Now, we have that link on NFL Europe Shop, which gives you 10% off. So if you need a new jersey pop along and do it although i would recommend that they bring out some type of packers velcro jersey that you can just rip that thing off and replace it uh, with something else because there's an awful lot of change uh, going on in the organization but look lads it's a new era um ladies lads and ladies um it's a new era in green bay and i think i've been saying it now for maybe two years that this is definitely a rebuild mode and the draft is going to be exciting i think if you were to get a jersey with smith on the back you'd be doing all right Surely the Smith brothers have to hang around a bit a bit longer. Or go for Devontae Adams. Or Aaron Rodgers. But then again, you never know. But anyway, um, it's getting dangerously close to 
people getting the free t-shirts so again not one to beg doesn't matter the podcast is free i'd never guilt you and try to make you feel like you just have to pay for it you absolutely don't have to but if you feel like um contributing you can get onto patreon.com forward slash uk packers and if you donate a fiver a month after six months guaranteed you get yourself a free t-shirt plus free shipping it's not one of those things where we say cool thanks for donating but by the way you wouldn't spot us the shipping cost would you it's all free um and we'll be in contact with you and the lads who donated uh, back when we kicked off this patreon about four years too late um you're we'll be contacting you really shortly for your mailing address to get those t-shirts out and sizes and all the rest um, and we truly thank you for your support there's no pressure um to support after that six month time period um but if you do uh, we do absolutely thank you very much so we also found out by the way in news that the the first game of the season is going to be uh the pivotal game with the packers and bears so that's going to be a great game and we can sort of you know maybe do a later podcast on that rivalry and how exciting that is uh, but again we're kicking it off with a season opener now that's the nfl season opener which is a big deal because usually as you know the the super bowl team comes out and also all of those asking about the annual trip so the roster comes out in april and the minute that comes out we're on standby as to what type of games that we're going to want to go on and see and we'll put that to the people so we'll give you a number of options so anybody asking what's the price of those trips you can pop along to our website and see last year's prices the cheapest that we got was the game to the la rams and that game cost 950 pounds uh, for two people sharing so it's a cracking deal it was the cheapest that we could do and we're going to aim for the same so there will always be a trip to lambo because there's enough people every year that want to experience Mecca for the first time themselves. And we're always delighted to bring people out, show them the hotspots, show them a good time and get the cheapest price possible. But also, you know, we do explore multi-game packages and, you know, games on the road and stuff like that. I've never experienced a game on the road. I would love to. Um, I could never get the time off work, if I'm frank, um, to be able to go over for an extended period. And I was hoping for that would be the New York game last year but that fell on like you know the 23rd of december um but look if there's any dates that you have in mind or dates that you can't go do let us know we know an awful lot of people sort of gear their time around the school holidays and stuff like that and so if the kids are just back in school if we do a september game which we did a season opener which was another sort of you know bucket list thing that we wanted to do with the seahawks and some people just couldn't go because it was too early so if there's an optimum time we'll try organize it so that as many people can go as possible and for as cheap as possible that's always the aim and also we're going to be doing way more fan meetups around scotland wales ireland and england and maybe going further uh, afield so anyway that's all for this week um hope you enjoyed it hope you enjoyed the wrap let me know what you think follow me at NFL and let me know hit me up and let me know what you think um follow the group at uk packers get into the closed group on facebook again at uk packers instagram at uk packers and hit the website ukpackers.co.uk and until next week, I'll talk to you then.